Welcome to the family with Kevin Pittman, Alex Bernard Rasmussen, co-host Catherine Brandt, Andy Rappernard, Mike Bryant. We got them all in studio, ladies and gentlemen, and we'll be right back. Kick things off with the family. You want to do a live or we recorded? Can. Sure. All you want right. to do a live? Yeah, we're both back in here. Sure, we can do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. People are getting called all the time by adjusters who are trying to talk them into taking lower settlements or trying to get them to settle their case without fully evaluating it. And it makes sense to run it by an attorney who knows how to do this, does it all the time, and won't charge you to talk to you. What a man. You didn't do what you always do. What? Walzer.com. There you go. There you got it. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw Bryant. Dougie, what's new at my favorite Nissan stores? Well, now that everybody's back from vacation, we can finally get to work. Yeah, easy there, gunpowder. Hey, at least you only took a week. Jayla was gone darn near a whole month. Poor Dan Rush. Anyway, we got some great things happening at Coon Rapids Nissan and Walzer Nissan in Burnsville. Read this, and you can add that cool DJ voice if you want to. It's 2020 closeout month at Burnsville and Coon Rapids Nissan. Giant discounts in 0% for 60 months on all remaining 2020s. You also get Walzer Care, a 10-year, 150,000-mile powertrain warranty for free. Ah, music to my ears. I love the sound of a good DJ in the morning. But wait, there's more. For the first time ever, you can get 0% for 60 months on the all-new 2021 Rogue. The 2021 Rogue is bigger, better, and faster than ever before. For more information on 0% interest on all these great vehicles, check out Coon Rapids Nissan and Walzer Nissan at Burnsville and tell them Tommy sent you. I'll just cut out the last bit. Hello, I'm Brad Huckle, president at North American Banking Company. And I'm Mike Bilski, CEO at North American Banking Company. As a community bank based right here in the Twin Cities, we believe in taking the time to get to know our customers and their businesses. And part of that is hiring and cultivating a team of experienced lenders. When your business banks with us, you're not training in a new inexperienced banker. In fact, our bankers have worked with many of the same customers for years, earning their trust. We get to know you and your business, and you get to know and rely upon us. When your business is looking to capitalize on an opportunity or solve a problem, we'll be here to help you. Tom here. I know Brad and Mike, and I trust that with my banking, they've personally delivered on everything they've just said. So why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. back, ladies and gentlemen, our very special guest, Linda Gordon. The book, The Second Coming of the KKK, the Ku Klux Klan of the 1920s in the American Political Tradition. A New York Times book review editor's choice selection, as a matter of fact. It's available on Amazon and a lot of other places. Linda Gordon, how are you? I'm pretty good. I'm glad to hear that. So how, how did this whole project start, Linda, in the first place, for you, personally? Well... For me, it's not a very interesting story. I was originally writing about the Ku Klux Klan in the context of a larger book. But then, uh, because of what's been happening in our country recently and the rise of white nationalism, my agent and my editor said, well, why don't you just take that chapter and expand it into a book? So I worked like a devil to do that. Uh, And uh, that's what happened. 
So, so Linda, there's a, there's a perceivable rise in white nationalism in America? Oh, today? Yes. Yes, of course. Uh, but, you know, you should know that I am not uh, someone who is an expert on what's going on today. I'm an historian. Right, right, but, exactly. But, uh, obviously, there are anyone who would look at this book would uh, see the connections. But uh, I really don't, I'm no, I have no expertise about today. No, I understand. Uh, the second coming of the KKK, the Ku Klux Klan. What, what was it? Because the 1990s... Hello? Hello. I was... Yeah, missed you, what you were saying. Oh, no problem. Um, the, the Ku Klux Klan of the 1920s. Now, when you read history, you hear about how wonderful the Roaring Twenties were, and there was lots of money and lots of partying, and everything was wonderful. <laughs> Why did the Ku Klux Klan make a resurgence, or, or the, the uh, coming of the KKK? The well, 1920s? that is a very good question. Uh, sounds like you know some history. I think the main thing that started this was the... Uh, very, very large immigration into this country oh, that was sure. going on starting in the 1880s up to 1920. Uh, an immigration that, for example, in terms of uh, its proportion of the population was vastly, vastly bigger than anything we've seen recently. But this immigration uh, was, had a feature that was very new to many Americans, and that is that most of the people that came were not white Protestants. They were Jews from Eastern Europe, Catholics from Italy and other Southern European places, Greek and Russian Orthodox. And this set off a reaction that was sometimes called nativist, uh, although it's really a, a misnomer. Right, right. No, none of, no white people in the U.S. are natives. But it was based on this idea that this country was supposed to be an exclusively white Protestant country, and that these people were coming in, and they were coming in to undermine it. And some of them came for that very purpose. Uh, the 1920s Ku Klux Klan was a master of conspiracy theories. Sure. And uh, very, very frequently they uh, used these conspiracies to... They were fear-mongers. They wanted to make people afraid that there were people coming in who were really not going to be loyal Americans. Oh, so, so they wanted loyalty, immediate loyalty. Now, is... Sorry, you keep fading out. I'm not hearing your questions. I'm sorry. Well, I'm yes. good to go. Um, so as far as this is concerned now, so, so all these other... I, I should tell you, by the way, my family got here in 1885, I believe it was, we are Roman, uh -huh. Roman Catholics from Western Europe, and I grew up uh -huh. very, very poor. Maybe that was because we were Catholic when we came to America in the late 1800s, but um, I, I just, I've never understood what it was all based on. So they, they, they came to somebody else's country, took it over, and then decided that they were going to make the rules that you have to be just like me and look like me and act like me and believe what I believe, otherwise you don't belong here. Is that really what they thought? Well, you know... Let me give you an example of the Ku Klux Klan's conspiracy theory about exactly what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. uh, they argued that the reason all these Catholics came to this country was not because they were poor, not because they were seeking a better life, but because the Pope had ordered them to come, and once they arrived, they were going to sort of go underground, 
like moles in an espionage story, and they were going to stay underground until they received orders for the coup that was going to turn this into the United States of Catholic America. Um, I, many of these conspiracy theories like that are, you know, when people hear things like this today, we think, how in the world could people have ever believed these things? <laughs> but on the other hand, in the last in the last few years, I've been seeing more and more evidence of people believing in conspiracy theories that oh, are God, absurd. Yes. Yeah, no, no, you're absolutely right. Well, matter of fact, that's what everybody does now. Uh, a lot of uh, Hollywood, the politicians, and big tech, all they do is lie. And it's both parties, not just the Democrats or the Republicans. They all lie like mad. And they got these theories about this, that, and the other thing. They're still using these tactics today, don't you think, Linda? Well, you know, I think there's a difference between lies and conspiracy theories. Most, first of all, some conspiracies are true. There are conspiracies in the world. Okay, sure. But the difference between a lie and a conspiracy theory is that a conspiracy theory works by making itself impermeable to evidence. Uh, and the plan says, and a lot of conspiracy theorists, when you, when you try to confront them by saying, well, what's the evidence for what you're saying? They will say, well, of course there's no evidence because conspiracies are secret. And that's mm. why uh, you don't know the truth. And we see this over and over again uh, about very many things. And it's um, conspiracy theories are, do a lot of work. They are very effective at revving up a kind of fear-mongering, which can then turn into anger and hostility. Um, but I think, you know, what's really uh, interesting in all of this kind of stuff is that you, you have people who are really afraid that there are people who are trying to undermine the country or undermine the basic values of the country. And the Klan did this, as many conspiracy theorists do, in the name of patriotism. Because the argument the Klan used against black people, against Jews, against Catholics, was that these people could never be patriotic Americans. But they could. They, that, that was patriotism driving other people out. Instead of a free America, we'll decide who gets in and who doesn't. How is that a free America? I, don't, I never understood their thinking. Well, you know, they, uh, for example, um, first of all, the 1920s Klan was a very religious movement. It was a white evangelical movement. Right. And one of their favorite claims that they used over and over again in their cartoons was, if Jesus were alive today, he would be a Klansman. And the argument is that this country had a God-given mission to be a white Protestant country. And, of course, even forgetting the question of whether you think God gives orders like that, it was also not factual, because this country had never been exclusively a white Protestant right, country. Right, right. But I think also what you get there, and I think you uh, see it in a lot of these kind of movements, is they have a kind of a gut feeling of anxiety about diversity. They, they would argue that a country with diverse peoples of many different kinds can never be a stable and strong country. That a country has to be composed of a, whole, a homogeneous population. 
<coughs> now, of course, you know, they, these people are not Nazis. They are not out to murder these people. But what they are out to do is to say that these groups should not be uh, allowed in political office, uh, that they conducted a lot of boycotts trying to say that these people should also not be able to uh, achieve economic success uh, by running stores that, you know, ordinary Americans will pay into. So they're, you know, they're not deadly. I mean, this is a very important distinction because the first clan, which arose right after the Civil War, right. was a terrorist organization. Uh, it committed something like 4,000 lynchings over a period. This clan had figured out that they could actually get much further by electoral means uh, and by using propaganda to uh, sell people on their ideas rather than violence. Now, they, they did do some violence, but mm -hmm. it was marginal uh, to what they were really trying to accomplish. You know, Linda, it's so amazing as you're talking. I, I'm, I'm listening, I'm, I'm kind of placing those same ideals and ideas uh, in 2021 in America. It's happening yeah. again. Yeah. I mean, and not, not through the Ku Klux Klan or whatever, but people believe anything they hear from certain people, which flat out lies, propaganda, all the rest of it. We all hear how horrible we all are. I don't understand, Linda, why we want to do things like that. Why, why you're horrible and I'm wonderful. I don't, I've never understood that. Yeah, I don't either. Uh, you know, you probably, there may be some psychologists yeah. who have that insight. <laughs> right. But I, I will say that, you know, a lot of people who might have started out uh, seeming reasonable, thoughtful, cautious people can really be revved up into hysterical levels of anger. And unfortunately, I think this is a something about human beings that we are susceptible to that. I think that then a lot of us, uh, and I'd like to think more and more, begin to understand that you have to be critical about things that you hear. That, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that not everything is true, as you're pointing out over and over again. Um, and I actually believe that this is, you know, I shouldn't be talking about the president because I'm a historian, but I believe that schools could do a whole lot better at teaching what we would call sort of critical viewing, looking at advertisements, looking at political stuff, yep. and, and uh, uh, you know, making people accustomed to the idea that you should not uh, take these crazy ideas for granted. No, I think it's a great idea. I, I think you're right on the money with that, Linda. I just... It's kind of sad. Have, you know, I've read a lot of history. Uh, you know, you already made a very kind comment there. But I, I read a lot of history, and it just keeps recycling, Linda, whether it's in a different form, it's a different uh, group of people doing it. We just keep repeating the same mistakes about every 50, 60 years, and I, I don't understand why we don't learn anything. Yeah, I, I, I know exactly what you mean. And, you know, uh, you know the, the, the 1920s plan is called the second clan, mm -hmm. even though it was really a continuation of the first. But historians actually uh, say that there are four clans. Uh, the third one was uh, arose in opposition to the civil rights movement, and particularly in opposition to desegregating the schools. Uh, but what you have there is 
an organization that I would call clannish, but it took a different name. It was called the White Citizens Councils. Right. And then today, you do have uh, a Ku Klux Klan, but the Ku Klux Klan today, this is the fourth Klan, is really just a, one small group among many, many, many of these white nationalist groups. Um, so I think it's important in thinking about the clans and not just think about now who is and who isn't an actual member, but uh, to think about who uh, has these, these kinds of ideas that I, for shorthand, call clannish ideas. Yeah, I, no, I understand that completely. It, and, you know, I, I mean the word clan in a different way here, not the Ku Klux Klan, but clans of people, like a family clan kind of deal. Yeah, right. we, we are very clannish people anyway. In We're very clannish. Maybe people around the world are clannish. And again, I'm just talking about, you know, the the one word, not the whole KKK. But yeah, people, yeah. yeah. Well, do. I think most people want to have small communities yep. or families that they feel supported by and close to and you know, no one can feel equally strongly about everyone, right? Right. Uh, we all have a limit to how many people we can love. Why don't we not prejudge people? That would be a good place to start. Don't prejudge. And just because you don't agree with me, I don't hate you. And uh, i got to believe we could all get along a lot better if we didn't have people making money off of hatred and anger. Because that, the, the money thing to me, Linda, is right there. Well, it's so strong in the 1920s Klan. Yep. Um, the 1920s Klan was a for-profit corporation. <laughs> and the reason, the reason it had at first its just explosive growth was because, and this is, was very interesting to me as an historian, I think this was the first social movement in history to hire a professional public relations firm to promote it. Really? And what that firm did was to establish what really amounts to a pyramid scheme. Uh, the way it works was that um, if I recruit you to the clan, you have to pay a $10 initiation fee, plus dues, but the initiation fee alone, $10 in 1920 was worth, is worth well over $120 today. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I recruit you, but I get to keep 40% of that before the rest of it goes to the headquarters of the clan, then you could do the same thing, right? Mm -hmm. You can recruit people and keep 40%. But what happens in pyramid schemes is that eventually you run out of people to recruit. And this was one of the weaknesses of the clan, and one of the reasons that uh, caused its uh, temporary decline. Uh, also, as you can imagine, with that kind of money flowing around, we're talking millions of people, right, paying uh, constantly. Well, its corruption was uh, really over the top. And uh, as leaders were using that money in corrupt ways, and the members started to get aware of that, and it, you know, it, it made them uh, a little more cynical about the Klan. Although, in another sense, uh, they see they uh, their view was that the profit motive is the best thing about America, and therefore anybody who's using any means to make a profit is okay. Yeah. Yep. So they're kind of contradictory about that. They don't want 
corruption. But on the other hand, they, they think, of course, everybody strives to make as much profit as they possibly can. Yeah, but running right over other people to get that done does not sit well with me. Why do you have to destroy people so you could make money? I, I've never understood that. Well, same here. Same here. Obviously, it's, you know, there people have a right to try to, to earn some money, but there mm. uh, need to be some constraints and, and some ethics uh, involved in this. But, you know, the other thing that's interesting about this clan uh, just to mention one more important thing, you know, I I said that the Klan was both very, very anti-Semitic and anti-Catholic. But one of the things that was interesting that happened in the 1930s is many, many of these Klan's people went into American fascist groups. In the 1930s, we had over a hundred small fascist groups. And when I say fascist, I don't... I mean, these are groups that are openly admirers of Hitler and Mussolini. They make no bones about that. They speak of fascism as a really honorable system and that democracy uh, can never work. Uh, but also, this the point I wanted to make, too, about this is that one of the leaders of these groups that was very, very popular, who was very popular with the Klan, was a guy called Father Coughlin. He was a Catholic priest, and he was a radio personality. I think of him as kind of the original shock jock, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yes, I do. Yep. And so here are these clans people who in the 1920s were completely, very virulently anti-Catholic, and they they discarded that and went along with Coughlin, who was organizing uh, and a hero of many of these fascist groups. So I think that says something important, is that the same uh, kind of intolerance in which you can change its targets, so that a, a group that was a target in the 20s is no longer a target in the 30s. But the impulse is the same. You know what I found in reading about Father Coughlin was a lot of self-hatred. He did not like himself very much, and I think that's kind of where he got the desire to go out and change everybody because he didn't like himself, and therefore everybody had to change to make him, him better. So I was worried uh -huh. about people like that. Emotionally and psychologically, these people are not thinking clearly. Yeah. Well, you know, I think I've, I've read uh, things that, that make that argument. Yep. Um, in a very complex way. I think it's quite interesting. I was actually just reading something for a seminar uh, that I have to teach uh, by James Baldwin, mm -hmm. uh, the sure. black radical, and he has a passage that's really interesting in which he says that this hatred comes out of white people's self-hatred. Mm -hmm. uh, in other Good words, you have to have self-esteem about yourself. Yep. In order to be able to accept other people. I think that's 100% true, Linda. I'm glad you brought that up and made that point, because I think that's right on the money. If you're hating yourself, you're going to hate everybody else even more. Right, right. Which is right. really stupid. Exactly. The book is yes. called The Second Coming of the KKK, the Ku Klux Klan of the 1920s in the American Political Tradition. It's available at Amazon and everywhere else. It has already won a New York Times Book Review Editor's Choice selection. Linda Gordon, the author. Linda, thank you so much for your time today. Wonderful to talk to you. And 
And thank you for your interest. Thank you. Take Fair care. Enough. You too. Stay safe. We'll try Bye. to do that, Linda. Thank you. An interest. They're very, very. So there are several interesting points there, I think. Um, <clears throat> and also, talking to her and, and looking back at all the reading I've done over the years about that era and all that stuff, if you look back 100 years, we've learned nothing. No. I mean, well, and we keep doing the same crap. We do over the and over same again. things over stops. and over and over again. Every 50 years, because it was, well, 60 years now, because of the, well, the late 60s, so it was about 55 years. The late 60s, everybody hated everybody else, and you hippie bastard, and oh, you straight-laced pain in the ass, and this. That was the big argument now. I do believe that James Baldwin is right, that anybody who hates somebody else based on their skin color hates themselves, and that's across all skin colors. Well, that's why hate campaigns are so effective. Yep. Because That's everybody's right. got this little, oh, I'm not really sure if I'm okay. I need a, I need a group to latch on yes, to to tell me yep. I'm okay. Yep. And if I don't have that, who am I? So it's easy. I mean, it's just so easy to find fault and to spread hate. It's really really easy it is really easy and that's no why they, that's why it's so effective that's why political campaigns are the way they are we got to take a quick break here but i mean look i i'm not one to talk i'm sitting between a lawyer and an african-american what the hell how did i get in this position i think it's voluntary it's monday that's the answer that it's monday that's why you're here ladies and gentlemen uh, i'm glad you, that she's putting the book out here because there are so many things going on today um, we'll take a break and come back. I would like to discuss a couple of things that are going on right now with, with everybody at this table, and we'll be right back. Of course, uh, you can call the uh, what, what is it, the talk and text line? What do we call it? Uh, the yeah, studio talk line. Text line, talk and text works. line. Yeah, talk and text line. What's that number, Andy? Uh, five six one. Five six one two two eight four zero six one. There you go. We'll be right back. With the uh, did you have my pillow copy to read? I do. You oh, want me to yeah. open with that? Yep. I will get it done right now. All right, everyone me, else's mics are going off. Now, this, by the way, was written by Dawn, so it could be way off the mark. You know what I'm saying. As you know, my friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of your life. Well, he didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Now Mike has done it again by introducing his new My Slippers. Mike has taken over two years to develop. The My Slippers are designed to wear indoor and outdoor all day long. Made with my pillow foam and impact gel to help prevent fatigue and made with quality leather suede. For a limited time, Mike is offering 40% off his new My Slippers. The My Slippers are so comfortable, you'll want to get some for the whole family, which is what we did. Call 1 800 516 5146 or use promo code TOM, of course. 1 800 516 5146. Use promo code TOM or go to mypillow.com. Click on the radio listener square and use promo code TOM. You'll also get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets. Call 1 800 516 5146. Use promo code TOM. Dan Chesky is here from Dan Southside Marine to talk boats in February. 2021 is all about boat inventory or the lack thereof. Dan's has what you're looking for in the color and model you want. So get in and take advantage of the factory incentives and discounts February offers. Why should our listeners shop for a fishing boat at Dan's Southside Marine? We have the latest models on display, like the new Revolution. It features rotational seating from Premier Marine and the new Lumacraft FSX crossover fishing ski. Both are getting tons of attention and grabbing sales from the competition. 
Dan's Southside Marine is packed with pontoons from Avalon, Berkshire, and Premier with all the rebates and incentives we mentioned at the top. Get the family out this weekend and come see these amazing pontoons. And be sure to ask about custom-rigged Alumacraft fishing boats this weekend at Dan Southside Marine during our February open house. Dan Southside Marine, six blocks west of 35W on 98th Street in Bloomington. Shop online at dansouthsidemarine.com. There are definitely things to avoid during a Minnesota winter, like licking a flagpole or waiting too long to replace that car battery. But number one on the list is taking a chance on your furnace. Hey, Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning, reminding you that a furnace clean and tune will improve efficiency, reliability, and peace of mind. Or maybe it's time to take advantage of Sabre's rebates and upgrade to an energy-efficient Bryant system. Don't take chances on your comfort. Visit SabreHeating.com. Sabre and Bryant. Whatever it takes. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Just a couple of things uh, looking at, uh, you know, the world the way it is. And thank you again to Linda for coming on the show. Oh. I was expecting that to go a whole lot worse. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? Thanks, Andy. Well, because of the topic. Yeah, the topic is a little scary. Yeah. When Why is see... the topic scary? Well, because just the fact that people yeah. are just so politically Touchy. charged today. I was... I and a lot of people in the chat actually were expecting her to start saying, you know, like, oh, the Klan's back, everyone's going to kill all the black people. Because that's what people do on social media. No, they do, yes. Mm-hmm. You're so right. we expected mm-hmm. her do. to do that, but actually she didn't. So. But she didn't because I happen to be very well read in the KKK, so well, I'm going to let her go down those roads anyway. Me too, but I don't tell anyone about it. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, well, Tom. Yes. Uh, Matt Braun. Braun. Matt Braun, yeah. A listener. A listener. Says that K O W Z Cows FM is out of Owatonna, not Winona. Well they said Winona. You were wrong. I can find out right I can find out where a transmitter is right now. We moved from the North Metro to the South Metro. (laughs) And I can now pick up a radio station K O W Z Cows. Cows. Out of where is it? I love it. It's I not Winona, it's somewhere else. Technically, oh, the transmitter Watana. is in Blooming Prairie, wherever the hell that is. Oh, Blooming, Blooming Prairie is not that far. Yeah. Uh, By New yeah, Prairie, the broadcast right? area is Owatonna, Waseca, Minneapolis, St. Paul. So, so it is Minneapolis, but I couldn't get so it So you were else. wrong at last about something. What a shock. Mm. I was wrong, wrong, wrong. <laughs> Thank yeah, it's God. A, it's a 100,000 watt transmitter, so oh, yeah, it's, it's got FM, a pretty yeah. big range. Yeah. I love the fact, because they come on there and they go, you're listening to cows. I love that. The it's futures report on piglets is. So it's out of where? It's out of Owatonna? <laughs> yes. Winona, Owatonna, what the hell is the difference? It's uh, all some hun yuck sweet deal. Completely different. They're completely different. Yeah. There was, we, watched, uh, we were watching Criminal Minds yesterday because that's all Melissa watches. And <laughs> good they show. had an yeah, episode so in Winona. Father. Really? Yeah. Are we? Oh, yeah. Yep, Winona, Minnesota. Maybe really? that's where I got it. It's the second time they've ever been in Minnesota. The we first went to, was in St. Paul. During lockdown, what, that was one of our escape hatches. We went to Winona and stayed we did, yeah. in, yeah. A little, in a hotel. Tom still with, talks about it. With yeah. a pool and a little splash mm-hmm. pad and all that kind of stuff. Sliding down it's the a, shark's mouth. It's a, cute, it's a very cute little town. I've it is a great anywhere town. near there. It's a really nice town. It really is. Yes. A lot of nice little towns in Minnesota. Oh, yeah, there Wisconsin. are. You just have to go. Seek them out. Yeah, well, any, just any of those them. little river, um, oh yeah, river I, towns on them—they're just so pretty, and I they're wonder, old. If you had to guess what rank Minnesota is in terms of area among the states, 
What would you guess? Because I feel I like it's got to be pretty big. It's got to be pretty big. Yeah. Got to be top twenty, I would mm-hmm. think. Yeah. It's yeah. a big state. It's actually number twelve. Yeah, there you go. Number yeah. 12. Yeah, I'm trying to think of Texas, it. number one. Yeah. Montana's got to be. Oh, that's right. California's yeah, Everyone always forgets about Alaska. I do. Because Alaska's gigantic. California's gigantic. You could almost fit three Texases in Alaska. Montana's I feel like they need huge. to physically on maps for like well, drop bigger. Yeah, that's when you thing. look on a map, it's like Texas is the size <laughs> yeah. of my hand and Alaska's the size yeah, they just of my pinky. In this little box. It's like, so everyone's like, oh, it's small. That's because yeah. of the curve of the globe. Oh, yes, okay. yes. <laughs> yeah, Alaska, Texas, California, then Montana, interesting. Yeah, Montana's, Montana's big, huge, yeah. yeah. Hmm. No doubt. Um, I, by the way, on the way in, I got a message from Cher. She wants to talk to you about black people Damn, in America because she's you? an expert. Well, did you hear what she said? No. Oh, yeah. She, well, she's just the craziest person she's in the world. She's insane. Who is this one? She there? said if she were in Minneapolis, oh. she could have saved oh, George Floyd. Wait, like the share, like share, share? Yeah, share, share. Oh, I was thinking there was just some random share <laughs> no, 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 I no, this know. is share, share. Ah, that's and she share. Said, share if Johnson. I was in Minneapolis, I could have saved George Floyd. How? Did she I say don't know. Got she up and she could turn back time. Yeah, she said she could have saved George Floyd. And then, of course, your buddy Joe Biden mm-hmm. has to come out with the death of George Floyd is much more important and much bigger than the assassination of MLK. Wow, that is. is he well, out in of his, his presidency, in, in his presidency, it's true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my hands up. Like, <laughs> okay. What are you talking? He's questions. like, I'm gonna that's look be, into that's this because he can Joe. leverage this one. He can't well, do much about that. Well, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Well, I've seen so many people like he's the Martin Luther King of our time. Well, they're literally Who? making him into a deity. George Floyd. George Floyd. How is he the Martin not, Luther King not of our even time? Close. Because he was black. Really? Yeah, that's. So that's basically, it. So well, because again, of the, martyr, the martyrdom right. factor is yeah. there. It is. Jesus, yeah. I, I just. But it's MLK. He's like but, my hero as a right. teenage boy. And, and Martin Luther King like did stuff while he was not that George Floyd didn't, but nobody knew about him until he died. I don't think he well, did anything. He pulled a gun on a pregnant woman. He did do that. Yeah. But but yet let's not compare MLK to George Floyd. Yeah, like they're two not completely comparable. separate issues. Yeah. Why do we? Why do people have to do that? Well, it doesn't even it's make sense everything. as a comparison. No. no. No, it makes no sense whatsoever. Oh. So, yeah, George Floyd wasn't a civil rights leader. No. No. Well, not, as not as far speeches as he didn't at the White speeches, House. Yeah. yeah Maybe as far as like aware, like them bringing awareness to race issues, yeah. they're sort of comparable. Yeah. No, I don't even I mean, see that. I'm, it's, I'm Because it's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't wake up, he didn't, like, wake what up he and actively was, to... What he said was that it had a bigger worldwide impact than the actual assassination. No, he went on from there, too. Though. Well, I'm, I'm reading what he said. Yeah, I'm, I'm, from I'm, where? From CNN? <laughs> I'm reading it from Forbes. The which, same thing. <laughs> but, but he's talking about cell phones, and he's talking about the marching around the world. I mean... I guess, yeah, if it's, like, one person kind of, like, galvanizing everybody and getting everybody out, I can see the comparison there. But yeah. it was, like, the way that we got there was definitely different. MLK yeah. was... I mean, I the long-term right. effect of MLK was, well, that's... The, when you look at it and you say, if MLK really had a true impact, would we have some of the problems we had today? And... Killed very young. Yeah, I, I, but but there's a uh, what? Well, I, 
Gather your thoughts. Yeah. It's, just, it's, it's a hard <laughs> gather your thoughts. That's nice. what, I mean, the long-term effect is, I think, the bigger issue that, that I mean, hopefully MLK has a long, bigger long-term well, effect. I would hope but, so. But that all being said, I, I think one of the questions today is what really long-term effect did it have if we're still having the problems we're still having? And you think we ever? Well, you're always going to have problems. Yeah. Everybody's yeah, always going really. to have problems. Yeah, I, agree. I don't ever see this whole thing oh, yeah, resolving yeah, where everything's no. perfect. It's like more people die every day than they did a hundred years ago, but modern medicine is still a good thing. Well, it's because we have more people too. I mean, well, that's the thing. Though, overall we, numbers. So we well, do just have more people. If the like, population yeah. today was the population that it was a hundred years ago, everything would be in smaller magnitude. Oh, that's just no, how no. it works. No, that's no. true. I mean, well, and like Charles Charles Barkley said, right? You he, both suck. He's, he's, <laughs> he's he like, said. if po- yeah. politicians are the ones that are fueling most of this no doubt crap, about it. true. and no it's question. true, and if you have to be blind not to see it. And it's both parties doing it, too. That yes, because it, it works. Like I said, all of this works. Keep people fearful, keep people hungry, and you can control them 100%. Pretty I just, governments true. have known that since the dawn of Government. Oh, yeah, I just don't understand how anyone ever thinks that everyone is going to just. I know it's just not get along, and there's going to be no happen. race issues People and no like a reason. wage gaps, and there's like everything's just going to be copacetic. It's race, and it's, it's like it's class. not. If it's not class, it's religion. If it's not religion, it's nationality. Exactly. Yeah, it's, like it's not nationality. It's it's, yeah, they're well, and it's just like there's always going to be some methed out racist <laughs> idiot in a trailer park. Shouting, hey, well, you know, watch your trailer park references. I'm said, just saying, there right. will be. There's, there's always one, and then there's always going to be like, I, uh, there are. I'm super highbrow and know everything, exactly. and I can pay my way into whatever. Like, those people will always exist. They will. And everyone in between. So they're it's just stupid. like. As long as you have power structures where some people are, you know, in control of other people, you're always going to have corruption and all of this crap. And I mean, uh, until everybody's just completely equal and everybody's just as smart as anybody or just as dumb as That's everybody not possible, else. unfortunately. And has the same exact amount of money and looks up. Their, their looks aren't too good or too bad. Right. I mean, how are you going to do that? Well, and there's just no way of, I mean, talking about anything that people feel passionately about, there's no way to ever get, like I was talking to my brother-in-law about the, COVID vaccine this weekend. He thinks it's the greatest thing in the world and it's going to save everyone in the land. And I could, you could not pay me to get one. And he was like saying all this data and then I was saying data back to him and everything's always so skewed. No, I know. This this is before. (laughs) You're you're jumping into my, what I'm saying here. So we were talking about it and then I was like, then he said something that actually made literally no sense. And then I just said, oh, that's great. And then I just walked away. Okay, because I was just like, no matter what I say, I'm never going to change his thoughts and opinions because he's going to read his sources that he finds so reliable, and then I'm always going to read because data is great, but data can be skewed. Yes, especially if you ignore part of it. Yeah, and so it's like they're not. I love data because it feels, you know, like hard facts and numbers, but it can be moved into, I mean, you can watch a 
documentary on Netflix about how salmon will kill you. Like, yeah, if you eat right, salmon, right. you will surely go into cardiac arrest. Die. Because yeah. there were three studies done, and these people ate salmon and died at some point. Or, you know, it's just yeah. like, this just correlation is Medical not causation. Studies, you have and to know a lot about yeah, like what medicine to look for. To yeah understand it, what medical studies oh, say. Yeah. And you also have to see who's funding a and study. That, exactly. Right. Funding like, is a huge Which they problem. really like hiding that. Yeah, you know, like for him, he's like looking at like, oh, Pfizer says blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, they're making a product that they want <laughs> you to right. get. Well, yeah, like, exactly. of course but an independent study incredible. that they paid for said it. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so it's like, it's great for him. I'm like, get it. Have yes. everyone you know get it. Get it three I, times. Like, yeah. <laughs> Take one for me. Go on, yeah. <laughs> More for you. You want an each cheek. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> Do I'm it. not going to prevent anyone from getting it. I'm just yeah, going like, to get it. It's a personal opinion, but it's just like the same with everything. No matter what I said to him and no matter what he said to me, we weren't going to change each no. other's mind. No. No, and he's true. the type. He brought it up and he was kind of like poking the bear. Kind of. He's like, oh, my arm's not sore anymore. And I was like, why would your arm be sore? He's like, I got my first vaccine. Well, you I was like, your ass to be sore when I kick it in. I said, congr- I was like, congratulations. Oh, that's a much. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, how about this? In the immortal words of the mayor and Blazing Saddles, we'll take the blacks and the Jews, but we don't want the Iberians. Hmm. Where are we going with this? What the I hell is an Iberian? <laughs> I don't even well, know. Portuguese. Oh, okay. Most <laughs> people don't have any idea what the Iberian Oh, that's right. That's why it's such a good joke, because nobody knows Portuguese. the hell you're talking about. He's forgetting that. Your mom and I might move to Portugal someday. Oh, my God. You guys might well, move everywhere. We'd like, to, we'd like to take a trip there one gonna, time. We are going to go to Portugal, yeah. Should I mention your name? We're building a house. We'll mention Mike's name when we're there. Yeah, I'll do you good. I know. Mike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll, that'll lock you in across the board. You know, I know someone who has five generations back ancestors here. <laughs> so, do you know him? I have a question for everybody at the table here, because are we ever going to get anywhere when Major League Baseball pulls the All-Star game out of Georgia because of a voting thing, but they'll do business with the Chinese who have slaves. Yeah, isn't that interesting? I just how, don't know. How do you get I, there? It's right. also ridiculous. It's all power and profit. That's all it's it all is. power and profit. And to try That's to look a certain way. And it's but it's just, baseball. And, don't and mess with a, baseball. It's to appease your social media followers, uh, everything But is. I don't think, yep. was anybody really asking them to move the All-Star no, game? Like, I didn't even was. know the All-Star game no, was in it. Yeah, like, I didn't either. Yeah, yeah, it was in their boycott. There was a big boycott. Can I mention one thing before we move on from that story? They're going to move the All-Star game out of Georgia, but the commissioner of baseball belongs to Augusta. <laughs> so I could play golf there. That'll be fine. But you just can't have the All-Star. So how, it's so funny. How does Major League Baseball, how were they involved in the decision-making process for voting? They were not involved. Okay. So how are they held accountable for what the state of Georgia does? They're, they're, they're not. There was no reason for them to they move this game other than grandstanding. Th- well, just, they didn't it's want an to advertising campaign yeah. is all it is. Yeah, because if they have the all-star game there, and they're bringing people to Georgia and they're supporting yeah. Georgia. Yeah, and I'm sure if you dig deep enough, the commissioner of baseball probably has political connections to people no, in sure, Georgia yeah. that wants no, to move no. stuff. And I think that, because right now Georgia, especially Atlanta, is like a literal war zone. It is. And it so is? I think it's more so maybe they wanted to 
oh, move no? out of there because it's not a safe place to be. Like yeah, every weekend, there's shootings like, so like out so, in the so it's streets. Like Chicago yeah, in downtown Minneapolis. Like, if, you <laughs> scroll, if you scroll through Instagram on a Saturday, it's like another shootout at a Georgia club, another shootout at a bar. Right. People like just in true. the streets shooting all the time. Mm-hmm. So it's I don't know why not, we have to be doing. It's this. not good. As an attorney, what do you think about? Shooting right. is illegal. Don't do it. I mean, states <laughs> have the rights. Them. States have the rights to make their own rules concerning voting. That's mm-hmm. pretty clear. Right. And anybody who's picking and choosing states on what they do, I think, has an issue. And so Georgia has a right to do what they do. I don't know why they did it when they did. I don't agree with some of the things they did, but they have a right as a state to do what they want. What, I don't know a lot about it. Just they, they want you to show ID to vote. That's, well, that's the, all I know about. It's it. a lot. Uh, the bill's a lot more expensive yeah, than sure. that. And that's, well, every bill is 90% pork is the thing. Well, <laughs> they can't, just, they can't just pass a bill with one issue. They have to stuff it. Yeah, if I don't they could know just why, stop doing that, that would be really nice. wouldn't that be something? But I don't think anybody's concerned about the pork or what else is involved in the bill. I think I, they should be, though. Well, but... Uh, the issue with it is just all the voting rules that they've added. Um, I thought I there was know. only one. It was just ID. No, what else is more than just oh, voter I think they're, they're going to only allow you to vote a day before and election day. I, right? But not after. Well, there's time period issues. There's issues about giving water out. Of yeah, the, so you at, can't give, like, snacks and stuff. You can't to give water people in rolls. Well, uh, that's everywhere. That's because they might be have a fifty next to that little bottle of wine. Yeah, that could be seen as bribery. <laughs> <laughs> if it's more than a dollar, I know almost all states. If the, the thing costs more than a dollar, you can't give it out in a yeah. voting. Because line. people could be like, "Oh, uh, here's a nice eighty dollars steak." By the way, yeah. when's yeah. the last time Although, you bought a bottle of water for less than a dollar? I, st- I still, I still go back to the idea of you're going to pay somebody to go vote unless you're walking in with them. I don't know that you're ever going right. to know how right. they vote. And about half That's the people true. you pay would probably go in and vote against you if they want. <laughs> I <laughs> would. Spite. So I, would just I think be the a whole dick. idea of paying people is like, nah, I don't insane. know that it works. Yeah. And so. especially with the social media age, like that, I feel like that would be exposed in about five minutes. Yeah, really. Because yeah. you ask the wrong person to vote a certain way, they're going to take offense to that right. and blast everybody. Yeah. I just every, wish everybody would settle down and just let it... They're going to create... A massive amount of violence if they keep doing. They already have. Um, it's going to get much worse, much worse if they don't stop this hatred toward everybody. Mm-hmm. And it ain't, you know, it doesn't get any better when you got Donald Trump and 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 Barack Obama agreeing on something. Now I know the world's totally. What into, do they agree on? That uh, America's got their head up their ass. No, they have it for different reasons. Oh. I really wish Obama hadn't mentioned Jim Crow. That would have been really nice. Well, of course, that's. The you got to about the shock Georgia. Value. Was that about Georgia? Yeah. Yeah, I mean that—that's the comparison. But is, it's not even close to Jim Crow. Well, but the question is whether or not you're keeping people from voting. I mean, personally, I believe everybody who has a right should vote. I couldn't I, agree more. They, they're going to vote as they do, but and, once, and, and they're going to vote this time one way, and they're going to four years later vote a different way. And so that's the not whole the idea issue, of though. getting, yeah, well, yeah, yeah voting is more than once is the issue. Well, but I don't think there's any proof in Georgia that there was m- people who voted multiple times. Was there an times. election? Well, but then I guarantee you, people voted more well, than then, once. Then none of the, nothing here, nothing here is going to stop someone At who's going to show ID. Uh, if you have to show ID, it, that would help. You know, Major League Baseball to buy, pick up your tickets, you got to show them your ID to pick up your tickets. So yeah. why is that okay? Mm. Well, by by definition, less people are going to vote. 
that had a right to vote. I don't think that's true. Absolutely. You I can extend that cool. argument it, it, to can, infinity, though. Yeah, they can't well, make any money is there it? is there anybody out there, can you find somebody out there who doesn't vote because of voter ID? Because if there was voter ID, I would vote, but I don't vote because I'm concerned about voter ID. Is there such a person out there? And if such a person doesn't exist, then by definition, that change is going to mean less people vote. There are certain cultures in America that will not provide ID for anything. That's they a different just won't that's a, do it. a different and then if they have a right to vote, you're telling that culture they can't vote. Yeah, unless you show ID. Sorry. It, it's too easy to vote okay more than with, once. If you're okay with see, personally I believe everybody should vote. I do too. Whatever they you are, don't. Whatever but they follow the right rule. They don't I, anyway. I, I agree, but none of these changes are going to lead to people more people voting. I, I unless you can point to one of those that does. Well, no. okay. How do we solve the problem of all of this perceived, whether it's true, whether it's not, voter fraud, uh, election meddling, mm-hmm. all of these things that everybody's complaining about? How do you? How? What is a better way of proving that one person, one vote, than Voter ID. I got to come up with the, a better system. I'm signatures? Sure can they have a signature on file? Can they have a signature on file and match the signature? I think our system works. I think people voting in Minnesota works. I think the number of people who actually there's any voter fraud is very small. But once again, one one fraudulent vote is one fraudulent vote. If it's one okay. person that can't okay. vote, if, then if if I mean. What what elections been impacted by one I vote? I don't know. I mean, there really hasn't been many elections. Of it depends on who you ask. <laughs> by one vote? No, I don't. I don't think there well, has I'm been. Well, I'm not by one vote, yeah. but I'm. So. I, I mean, I mean I, there's I a lot of historical evidence of a lot of voter fraud in oh, in yeah, yeah. Well, in Kennedy's definitely positive. West Virginia and Chicago, there's both issues there. Yes. Okay. Yep. There's there's been issues there. New York for uh, sure. One of the interest, <laughs> interesting things is when you've looked at real attempts at trying to change change voting, the number of people who vote or how you do it, is it's been done bipartisan. You've had people that are leaders in both sides that have gotten together that have worked on those Works things. for me. Really? And, and That's yeah. shocking. I mean, when you I did at, not know that could you exist. You looked at changes after Watergate, that was bipartisan. Huh. When you looked at changes after the Teapot Dome scandal, that was bipartisan. I mean, there's been a couple times in history where we've worried about what's happened, and it's been a group getting together deciding to do it. Mm-hmm. That's really not what happened in Georgia. Okay, that wasn't bipartisan, but I think states have a right to make the rules they do. But I believe that with all the states, all 50 of them have a right to do that the way they, they do right. that. So I, I don't have a problem in the sense of the theory. I just didn't like what they did and the parts to it, but I don't live in Georgia, so we'll live with what Georgia does. And but and I, my I, guess is and it's that... And is, is it true? It's my I, I belief that Atlanta is pretty much run by... Black people, right? Well, but they have the majority of the political seats in his, historically in, in Atlanta. For historically, sure. if you looked over the last couple of years, Republicans have been winning a lot in Georgia. So really? unless, unless, yeah, it must unless be, out, a red, it must be outside of Atlanta it's where a, almost everybody it's lives. It's been a red state. I didn't think we were going to win it presidentially as far as Democrats go this this past election, and it it what looking at it. What I believe happened in Georgia is that Stacey Abrams got upset because of what happened to her and governor. She thinks she got robbed as far as the voters go because she thinks voters were intimidated. That's what she believes. So in other words, they cheated. But what she did, well, she did. Intimidating voters is cheating. Sure, sure. But what she did, she didn't change the rules. She went out and got people to sign up. She got people to register and she got them people to vote. And then 
that wasn't liked. So other attempts have been made to stop her again. And I, my, I, I'm pretty impressed with her. So I think she'll come back and do it again. But we'll see what happens. When she's she the one that's been calling herself the mayor for yes. all mayor? these years? No, not the mayor. She, she ran for governor. She ran for oh, governor. Oh, she's been calling yeah. herself yeah. the governor. Yes. Well, she believes that voter intimidation is what cost her the election. Is and But that's what led to her registering people. She didn't change the law. She just went and got people registered and got people to vote, and that was the impact. And now they've responded with a different attempt to stop her again, and Ooh. we'll see what happens. we got to take a break. Oh. We'll be right back, though, with Hour 2 with these hun yucks.